0: Glad to be returning to 1 Samuel. It's been several weeks since I last preached from 1 Samuel. I'll take up the reading in verse 31 of 1 Samuel 17. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. As it has been several weeks since my last sermon on 1 Samuel, let me remind you where we are. The Philistines had invaded Israel again, and this time they brought with them a giant, Goliath of Gath, over nine feet tall, He came as a champion for the Philistines and he challenged the Israelites to send out their own champion, that there would be a single combat, winner take all. When Goliath came out and challenged Israel, the soldiers ran away in fear. And it just so happened that David was present when this took place. And he witnessed all these things. He witnessed the challenge that Goliath laid out. He saw his brothers and his kinsmen running away in fear from the giant. He knew the terror that had come upon the entire nation, from the king down to the common soldier. And as David witnessed this, he came to understand that this confrontation was not just a physical battle. Instead, he understood the spiritual implications of Goliath's challenge. For Goliath came and he blasphemed the living God. David understood this. And I called your attention to these ultimate issues that are at stake. This is not just a moralistic tale that is told to inspire you to face giants of your own. It isn't just a history lesson telling us about Old Testament Israel and uh, Philistia. The issue here is a theological one. I called your attention to what the commentator Phillips asks. Do you really trust in the loving God of power and grace? Do you trust God or not? David did, and he concluded, I will fight this giant myself. I will fight this giant. David reached this conclusion by looking back in faith to how God had dealt with him in the past. And then by looking forward in faith to what God would do in this particular situation. It is this exercise of faith that I want to set before you this morning. It's an exercise of faith by looking back in a way that enables you to look forward in faith for whatever situation the Lord leads you into. We'll begin by seeing that David has a meeting with King Saul and then examine how he looks back in faith and looks forward in faith. So before David could face the giant, David had to face King Saul word must have spread like wildfire through the camp. There's somebody who is standing up to the, glo- to the giant. There's someone who's willing to fight him. And the word even comes to King Saul so that Saul summons David to come before him. And there's a, a natural reason for that. Since the battle that was going to take place was a, a, a single combat, one against one, and the stakes were for the, for, the, for the state of the nation. The victor would claim not only the life of the loser, but the loser also forfeited for the entire nation. So if Goliath beat David, then, then the whole nation of Israel would come underneath the rule of the Philistines. And King Saul's life was probably in the balance, for he would probably lose his life. So he had a a vested interest in who this champion was and his ability to go and stand against Goliath. But imagine his dismay when the challenger that steps forward is David, a shepherd boy. We don't know if Saul knew that it was David. It may have been that the rumor was that there's somebody that will stand up against him. Saul already knew David. David was the one who came and used his music, used his singing and playing to soothe Saul's troubled heart. So Saul already knew who this young man was. But now to see him in a different light, to see him as the one who has come to say, I will stand for Israel, I will fight this giant, and in, in, in Saul's eyes, the proposition was, was out of the question. Today it might sound something like this. We've posed as the fight of the century in this corner, in this corner, standing nine feet, six inches tall. Clothed in armor from head to toe, trained from his youth to be a killing machine, comes the fighting Philistine Goliath of Gath, the master of disaster. (laughs) When I put it that way, we can laugh at it a little bit. But this was no laughing matter, was it? This was a fight to the death. And the stakes were the state of the nation. And in this corner was a trained soldier, Goliath the giant. And in this corner, weighing in at next to nothing, freshly come from taking care of soft, fluffy, cuddly sheep, is David the shepherd boy. In Saul's mind, it was no contest. Saul uh, Saul thought that the battle was already forfeited because of Goliath's strength, his training, his armor, as compared to David, the shepherd boy. Saul thought it was no contest. But interestingly, David thought it was no contest either. But only on the other side of the equation. It was no contest because Goliath had defied the living God. And there's no one who can stand before the face of the Lord. It doesn't matter how big and strong he is or what his weapons are, what his training has been. If he has blasphemed the living God, he stands in judgment by the Lord Almighty. There was no contest. Goliath lost. The Lord would win every time. And so David concluded that the fight was already won. But David had to convince Saul of this. And this is where we learn so much from David. You can see something of the train of thought that I'll, uh, I'll outline shortly, but then expand. The outline is something of this, that uh, Goliath had defied Israel and defied the living God, but no one can stand before the Lord, not even a giant. So, so God wins this battle. This led David to say to Saul, Let no one's heart, uh, let no one lose heart because of him. Don't be afraid of this giant. And in saying this, David corrects the perspective of Saul and of the rest of Israel that had gone so wrong. He breathes hope and courage into their hearts. And the next step seems to be pretty natural that since God has brought me here, says David. Since God has brought me here, I, David, will fight him. As we'll see, David reasoned that God had given him all of the experiences that he needed. He'd given him the training and the weapons that were necessary. He had given him promises and an anointing that would speak to the future rule and reign of David as king. And based on that, since God had providentially brought him here to the battlefield, it wasn't some leap of faith to conclude that I will fight this giant. Don't be afraid, I will fight Goliath myself. I like the way that Paul puts it in the New Testament. See, there's something of a comparison that's happening in Saul's mind and in David's mind. It's just that Saul had raised up in his estimation the, the, the might and power of Goliath over and against the power of God and the presence of the Lord Almighty. And David, by, uh, by his estimation, understood what was really important, And this is the way Paul puts it. We read it earlier from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. And that's what Goliath had done. He had blasphemed God. He had gloried in the presence of the Lord Almighty. And God raised up the weak, the young, the so-called untrained to come and to humble Goliath the giant. In understanding this, David had reasons. He could look back in faith at what the Lord had done for him. And that's where I want you to, to hear again David's answer to Saul's, uh, Saul's question or his, his opposition. Saul said to David, you're just a boy. He's a man. He's been trained to kill from his youth. I'm going to read these words again. They're words that you're probably familiar with, but I want you to hear how David thinks about the past, how he understands and interprets that past in light of God's presence and power. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David looked back. He looked back at how God had dealt with him in the past, and it highlights a theme that runs throughout all of the scripture, uh, the theme of remembering what God has done. God nurtures your faith by this spiritual discipline of remembering. There are many instances where this is commanded or practiced. We just celebrated the Lord's Supper last week, and I hope the words of uh, of the sacrament will ring in your ears at this point. Do this, what comes next? In remembrance of me. Remember what God has done. If you want to do a word search on, on that phrase alone, the idea of remembering, it would be a rich study. It will help you to call to mind all of the marvelous ways that the Lord has worked in the past. And it's important for you to remember the past. Perhaps you're familiar with that that quote: "Those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it." It's a uh, it's a quote that is that provokes a lot of thought, has a lot of practical impact. But uh, uh, I want you to recognize that from a Christian perspective, it's not enough just to look back and recount the past. You have to look back in faith. You have to look back and and interpret what has happened through the lens of God. That's why I can say that when you read this, it's not just a history lesson. It's not just a recounting of facts that you can store up in your memory. No, you need to interpret the past through the lens of that living God, the God of David and your God as well through faith in Jesus Christ. And I can, I can say how important this is by, by giving you counter examples of ways that you might look at the past. And now you might view that through a lens that is inevitably colored. For instance, it might be colored through the the lens of of self-reliance. So I read what David said, and uh, I, I read it again so that it would be in your mind. David could have said this. When a lion attacked I chased it down, and I knocked it down with the sling and stone in my hand. And when it rose up against me again, I grabbed it by its mane, and I killed that lion. Well, David comes out looking like a like a superhero at, that, at this point, doesn't he? That's not what David said, is it? David did fight against the lion and the bear, but he said, the Lord delivered me as I fought against the lion and the bear. David fought, but he wasn't alone. He, he, he interpreted that event in the light of God's presence with him. And he could see the Lord training him and being with him in that trial and in that victory. And he gives glory to God in that instance. Or think of another lens you might view the past with. The lens that's colored by a world without God. For instance, in this case, David could have said, when I was watching over my father's sheep, a lion attacked. No one was there to help me. No one. I had to fight alone against that lion. And after that, a bear attacked. And I can never forget what I suffered on those days. In this case, David comes out looking like a victim. Scared and scarred forever. But David didn't say that either, did he? He looks back on that past And he interprets it in the light of God's powerful presence. And he can say, yes, the Lord was with me in those trials. The Lord delivered me. David fought, but he was never alone. The living God was always with him. Whether it be trial or whether it be victory, he relied upon the living God. Here, the commentator Phillips observes that many people fail to learn lessons from their experience, or even they might learn the wrong lessons. So it matters how we reflect on our past actions. It matters how we think about those things. It matters that we look back in faith, at what we have gone through to see God's presence and God's directions and God's purposes. And that's what David did. He looked back in faith and he learned to trust God. He took that lesson to heart as he faced this new challenge of the giant Goliath. Before we go on to look forward in faith, let me pause here and, and make application This is how to read your Bible. This is why you read your Bible. To know God and to Savior Jesus Christ, to understand who you are and what you're like, to to understand that, that, that these things were written for you, so that you may know how to act in these current situations. That means that as you, as you open your Bible each day and your devotions, that you read with eyes that are longing to see God at work in history. You read them to meet men and women of faith who by Christ went through fire and water and even death itself trusting that the Lord was with them. And whether they were delivered miraculously or whether they went to death, as Hebrews 11 describes, they were men and women of faith. And these men and women are recounted so that you could learn to trust in God yourself. And so as you read your Bible, look back to the history of Scripture And interpret that that history with the eyes of faith. And then look at your own situation. Look back at your own past. And by faith, see God at work. By faith, see him in presence of trial and of death. And of victory. And understand that the Lord is at work in all of those things. And that looking back in faith will nurture the way you look forward in faith to today and tomorrow and the rest of your life. And that's where we turn now. For David also looked forward in faith. David said, I will fight this giant myself. By the faith that the Lord had given, he was equipped and ready to do this. But his readiness was not like the readiness of Goliath. David's readiness was not based on a superior stature or strength or weaponry or training. Measured that way, Goliath was the superior fighter. And on paper, as King Saul did, this there's no contest in this battle. Goliath is already the winner. And even though David inspires him to let him go and fight, Saul continues to look at it that way. And so he, he even gives his armor to David, armor and sword, so that, uh, so that he would be better equipped to go and, and face the giant. But after trying them on, David declined. Those weapons and armor were made for a much taller man, he, so they didn't fit He hadn't trained for that kind of fighting, but that didn't matter in David's mind. David looked back and remembered how the Lord had already delivered him against the lion and the bear. And he concluded that God will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He could look forward based on the faith that the Lord had granted him in the past. But David had another reason to look forward, and that was also flowing out of what's happened in the past. He had a reason to believe that the Lord would see him through this challenge because the prophet Samuel had come to David and had anointed him to be the king over the nation of Israel. And the spirit of the Lord had come upon David from that day forward. And by faith, David believed the word of the Lord spoken by Samuel. For God had said, I will provide myself a king among the sons of Jesse. David believed this. His faith was resting on the promise of God. The Lord had even given him a sign to help him to understand that, to help him remember what those words and promises were. The sign of that anointing with oil. And that outward physical act represented the spiritual truth that God's own spirit had come upon David. And from that day forward, David began to act on all that the Lord had done for him and to act in a way that aimed at fulfilling that promise of the Lord, that he would shepherd the nation of Israel through being a king. That's the way Gordon Ketty puts it. He said that Israel was God's flock, that Goliath was no more than a predator, and David stepped forward as the shepherd who would protect his sheep. And as Ketty says, this is the symbolism of redemption itself. And this is the final way in which David can look forward in faith. Because David looks forwards to the kingship of Jesus, the one who had come to deliver us not just from physical enemies, but from every spiritual enemy, from Satan, from sin, and from death itself. I like the way our catechism talks about our King Jesus, that Christ executes the office of a king in subduing us to himself, in ruling and defending us, and in restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. So think of the language of the New Testament that describes the coming of Jesus Christ. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. And that salvation required an atonement, the payment for sin, the battle that took place between the Son of God that would crush the head of the serpent. It was an accomplished redemption that was res- a release of prisoners, those who had been held in captivity. And we are the sheep of this pasture, God's flock, so that the great and good shepherd Jesus Christ comes stepping forward as the shepherd who would deliver his sheep, not just physically, but laying down his life so that the payment for sin might be made. This is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and David, by faith, could look forward to that promise of the forgiveness of sins that comes through the great King, Jesus Christ we say, along with those as Jesus entered in triumph into Jerusalem, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of David. He brings peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I do pray that as you learn more and more to look back at scripture in faith and look at your own life in faith that you would see the Lord at work and that that would nurture your faith as you look forward to the challenges that you do face today to the troubles that may be just around the corner to the facing of those hardships and maybe even death itself. That by faith you would face those future events, knowing that your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has come to deliver you. That by faith you would rest in those things, knowing that he is your Savior. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, our God. We have been under the power of death and under the bondage of Satan all of our lives. We have feared death. We have known that our sins condemn us. Lord, we thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has come, that he might destroy the devil and all of his works. God, I pray that you would instruct us today as we look back on David, we would look at it with eyes of faith and understand your presence and power that motivated David to stand against the enemy. Lord, may that nurture our understanding of the the troubles that we go through. God, forgive us when we clothe ourselves with pride and self-reliance and forget that you are the one who has granted victory. Forgive us, O Lord, for forgetting that that you are present and looking at our past as if, you, as if there is no God. Instead, O oh Lord, help us to interpret our past in light of your presence. And in that light, O oh Lord, grant us faith to face whatever the day may bring, dedicating ourselves, as David did, to your service in life or in death. We know that you are with us, for you are our King and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll close today by singing from Psalm 110. Psalm 110, Selection B. A psalm of the kingship, the messianic kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is is spoken of in physical terms, but I hope that you will sing it and recognize the spiritual victory of Jesus that is sung of here. Let's sing Psalm 110, Selection B. Please stand to sing.